Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. Well, good morning. It's good to see you. For those of you who are tuning in online, do not adjust your sets. I actually am fuzzy. Uh, it's a thing I've been dealing with for a while. So that's, uh, that's a thing. Um, it's always good to get to come back uh, a second time. That means at least somebody wasn't listening the first time and you get to come back. But it's a real pleasure to, uh, to be here and to see the folks from Leander. Yeah, that's great. I was telling them that, um, that, um, Leander's about as close to Austin as you can get without feeling the effects. Uh, it, it's better off than Pflugerville. Pflugerville uh, is between Round Rock and Austin, and they say that it's between a rock and a weird place. And so that we know about, about all that. I, I lived in Austin for 10 years, and I want you to know the traffic in Dallas is better. That may seem odd. Trust me. That's what it is. Oh, well, so um, one of the things that happens when you are uh, preaching in Abilene, Texas, and you're uh, across the street from the university, every now and then you get asked to go uh, preach or talk to incoming ministry students. And they're all sitting there wide-eyed and innocent and haven't been let go of anywhere yet. And you, they want to hear from you. And so my friend David Ray would have me come in and talk about uh, ministry in, in various ways. And one of the things I tried to tell them uh, when I would go and talk to them is that, that I have a, a scripture that is my core motivating scripture with regard to my own ministry. That when I get a little crazy or I don't know, remember what I'm doing, then I have this anchor scripture. And it occurred to me that that wasn't something that just uh, ministry students might want to know or need to know, but it's actually something that a church could have in its back pocket to to look at now and then whenever it wonders uh, what what it should be doing or what it should be about or, or what its attitude should be. And, and so I, I'm going to share that with you. And I'm sure you have another text. You may have another core scripture, but I hope you have one. But I'm going to, I'm going to share mine with you this morning. And it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, oddly enough, comes at the end of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The part that I'm going to look at in 2 Corinthians uh, comes after uh, Paul talks about how it is that we have this hope that though our tent in this world is destroyed, we have a house with God. And, and he has been talking to these Corinthian brothers and sisters And he's told them things like this. uh, The God of all comfort is with you. 
so that we may comfort others with the comfort with which we've been comforted. And then he goes on and he says that we are the aroma of Christ. And he says that that we are a letter written by the Holy Spirit. At the end of chapter 3, he says, our faces are alive and we shine in the world the glory of God, the glory of the Spirit of God. Chapter 4, he says, we have this treasure in a pot of clay, but even though this clay pot is wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. And so all of these things that he's telling the Corinthian brothers and sisters, you can be sure are things that Paul felt about himself, comforted by God with the aroma of Christ, a letter written by the Holy Spirit, shining the very glory of God, being a receptacle, mortal, holding an immortal, eternal message. And then he comes down to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. And in this place, he talks about the love of Christ compelling us. He says, get my spotlights right here. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. That's the nugget. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ In this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creature. The old has gone, the new has come. And all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting sins against us. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Well, there's 12 sermons in there, but I don't want to preach 12 sermons. I want you to hear the marvelous message of what it is to be a person, to be a church, 
that not only knows from last week in John 3 that, that we're a church of the new birth, that we're the church filled with the Holy Spirit, that we're the church that lifts up Christ, that we're the church of the kingdom of God, that we are the church of eternal life, that we are a church of the light. But I want you to know that as individuals and as a church, we are a people compelled by the love of Christ. That we're not given some kind of mean, aggressive, ornery mandate for our life and ministry. We are compelled by the love of Christ. And there's two ways that you do those kinds of of phrases, the love of Christ. One is, as the NIV does in what I'm reading, the love that Christ has for us. The love that Christ has for us compels us. The love that we hear in this text, the love that is from one who is totally different to us now than he was before. Paul said, when I first saw Jesus, I saw him as this this itinerant, wandering around, teaching Galilean pseudo-rabbi. I saw him with my earthly eyes. I judged him with my earthly heart. I hated him with everything that was in me, but I don't see him that way anymore. Now when I look at Jesus I look at him as a person who, because of Jesus, has become new creation. I have received the love of Jesus that's been poured out on me, and I see it most clearly at the cross. Paul, in his days as a Jewish Pharisee rabbi enforcer, would have told you that the Messiah cannot be anyone who was ever nailed to the cross because the teaching of Scripture was that cursed is everyone who is nailed to the tree. Cursed. That's the way he saw him. That was his earthly point of view. But now he sees him in a different way. God made Christ who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might be reconciled, brought back together with, reunited, made peace again with God. This is what Paul says. I have received the love, the love of Christ. I hated him. I helped kill Stephen because of him. I was going to Damascus to hurt some more followers of this Messiah. Fake. And then, Saul, Saul, the the one that I didn't believe in, the one that I thought was a fake, the one who should have been somewhere buried in a tomb spoke to me, came to me. The one who had become sin on my behalf lives. 
I have received the love of Christ. Haven't you? Haven't you received the love of Christ? Think about it. We, are, we sing all this. Uh, we're going to talk about, oh, how I love Jesus here in a minute. Oh, yeah. But imagine being at the focal point of the love of Christ. The love of God in Christ. The love of God in the Spirit. To be at the center of the focal point of God's love. When we come together to worship, we come as people beloved by God. Now, I've said that about a dozen umpteen times. But you know, I think that's the thing we don't believe down in our hearts. So I want to jump up and down about it a little bit. Well, God loves you. God loves you. And the way that God loves you can compel you to do his work in the world. But the other way the love of God that compels us, moves us, is my love. My love for Christ. The love of Christ compels us. The way I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Oh, how I love Jesus. I wish that... uh Every time people heard where we went to church, oh, I go up over to the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ. Oh, you're the people. You're the people that love Jesus. Did I say that right? Jesus. Got a little Baptist ancestry in me. I can kind of feel it sometimes. <laughs> you're the people that love Jesus. You're a person that loved Jesus. I, I see celebrate recovery on some of your literature and some of your visuals. There's a lot in this passage about recovery. That the people who are in the world, taking the message of the world, are people who are so in love with Jesus that, that they feel this way about it. We are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. To love Jesus and live for Jesus. Believing that our life does not belong to us any longer. It's hard to stand up and argue for your rights at the foot of the cross. 
When the one who had all the rights has given up everything for the sake of our very lives. And so Paul sees himself as one without rights, as one without privilege. And he is glad to go into the world and leave everything, to consider everything a loss for the sake of Jesus Christ. We're called upon to live the same way. I think it changes how we feel about ourselves to say, I've died, I've died. I've died in Christ, I've been raised in Christ, I've died to myself, what do you need? What do you need? Everything I have is God's. Everything I have is Christ's. Everything I have belongs to the body of Christ in the world. I have no claims on anything of my own. Just think about that language for you. We live in a world in which people are so fired up about their rights. We got rights on the rights and rights on the left. And then my rights because I'm right. We must define ourselves not by our politics, not by the contemporary chatter that's in the world, but by who we are in relationship to the love of Christ. The way Christ loves us and the way we love Jesus. That's what defines us. That's what gives us our focus and our energy and our purpose to live as new creation in the love of Christ. Stand with me, please. We're going to go back and just pick up a phrase that we've already sung this morning. Christ, we do all adore Thee. And we do praise Thee forever. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Make sure to give us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.